Welcome to Bible Fiber. I am Shelley Neese, president of the Jerusalem Connection, a Christian organization devoted to sharing the story of the people of Israel, both ancient and modern. In over 70 episodes over the course of two years, we have done a deep dive into the 12 minor prophets, a month-long mini-series on why prophecy ended, and then tackled the post-exilic books of Ezra and Nehemiah. The next book on the horizon for Bible Fiber is Ezekiel. But before we start our first major prophet, I want to take advantage of the pause and teach a mini-course on the peoples of the Bible. One thing that makes reading the Hebrew Scriptures difficult is that while the Bible is telling the story of one people, the Israelites, other ancient people groups enter and exit the scene. The Israelites did not live in a bubble. They were constantly interacting with their neighbors and subjugated by the rotating door of ancient empires. When the biblical authors recorded Israel's history, they presumed their audience was familiar with the Assyrians, Babylonians, Philistines, Amorites, Edomites, and the list goes on. I am sure that was a safe assumption at the time they wrote their story. However, most modern readers see the names of foreign people groups in the Bible as mere names on a page. Unless you are well-versed in ancient Near Eastern history, you are unlikely to know the distinction between Edomites and Ammonites or what led to the domination of the extensive empires like the Assyrians and Babylonians. Thankfully, the grand theological and ethical lessons of the Bible don't require believers to also be students of history. The most Christ-like people in my life were not history nerds. However, I believe learning more about all the characters and peoples in the Bible is helpful for going deeper into the narratives and prophecies. For the next seven or eight episodes of Bible Fiber, I will debrief you on the major peoples of the Bible, the Canaanites, Philistines, Assyrians, Babylonians, Arameans, and Hittites. We will do an overview of their history, language, politics, and religion, and I will outline how, when, and why each group interacted with biblical Israel. We are going to start with the Assyrians, because they are the empire in the Bible that gets the most textual real estate, especially in the prophets. Scholars divide Assyria's history into three phases, Old Assyrian, Middle Assyrian, and Neo-Assyrian. The Neo-Assyrians built the first true empire in the ancient Near East. Their capital, Nineveh, was so impressive that it created an imperial standard for other empires in terms of immense size, beauty, and power. Of course, imperial building campaigns require ever-increasing sources of funding. Also, the Assyrian Empire did what empires do, and they hired an army to conquer more and more territory. Neo-Assyrian kings imposed heavy tax burdens on their vassal states, Assyria's military was its greatest asset, promoting the empire's expansion and getting rich from the spoils of war. When the Assyrian vassal states failed to pay tribute, they sent their army to attack the rebellious subjugates. Although Assyria had existed as a small nation since 2000 BCE, Assyria became an empire a thousand years later, in the first millennium BCE. Assyrian expansion and military power reached its peak during the reign of King Tiglath-Pileser III. During his reign, the empire covered most of northern Mesopotamia, which is today modern-day Iraq, Iran, Kuwait, Syria, and Turkey. 
Today, we know a whole lot about ancient Assyria. Assyriology started in the 1850s when archaeologists started excavating the great Assyrian capital cities of Khorsabad, Nineveh, and Nimrud. While excavating ancient Nineveh, they came upon the library of King Assurbanipal. The trove yielded thousands of cuneiform tablets. Assyrians spoke Akkadian, but their writing system was cuneiform, wedge-shaped characters that represented syllables, concepts, or words. Once deciphered, the tablets gave historians insight into Assyrian science, religion, history, and bureaucracy. They are still plucking away at the cuneiform tablets to learn about the empire's high-level administrative abilities and its successful military campaigns. Because the tablets from Nineveh, we know more about Assyria in the Iron Age than Europe and the Dark Ages. And that knowledge is still growing because now AI is being used to translate cuneiform tablets. Assyria, like the rest of the ancient Near East, had polytheistic religious beliefs. Still, they had less innovative myths and a less developed pantheon than the Babylonians and Sumerians. Asher was their primary deity and the patron god of the city of Asher. A winged deity, his origin myths stemmed from pre-existing Babylonian myths. Assyrian kings believed themselves to be the representatives of Asher on earth. Ishtar, the goddess of love and fertility, also had a high standing in Assyria, and the Assyrians built temples for her in Nineveh and Arbela. Assyria's pantheon also included Shamash, the sun god, Sin, the moon god, and Adad, the storm god. The nations of the ancient Near East feared the Assyrian army for their brutal tactics in battle, as evidenced by the gory reliefs they left behind on palace walls. One of the central policies of the empire was mass deportation. The Assyrians conducted at least 157 deportations during their expansionist days, every time they conquered new territory. And as they conquered more land, it confronted the problems of overreach. To help with governorship, the Assyrian king gave provincial leaders immense authority and power over vassal states. Israel became a vassal of the Assyrian Empire in 738 BCE, and Judah was subjugated to Assyria several years later. Apart from the heavy Assyrian yoke, Israel faced her own self-inflicted internal divisions and dynastic struggles. We know from 2 Kings that Israel could not maintain a stable monarchy. A series of kings were dethroned by rebellions or assassinations. For example, King Menahem was the third king to take the throne by violence in a single year. Menahem ended up paying the heavy tribute to Assyria for 10 years to buy imperial favor. When King Pekah assassinated King Menahem and took the throne, he refused to continue paying the enormous tribute to Assyria. Instead, he formed an alliance with the Arameans to rebel against Assyria. Pekah hoped Egypt and Judah would join his coalition to resist the Assyrian yoke but Judah refused. As you might expect, Assyria did not take kindly to King Pekah's betrayal, and they attacked northern Israel and took it over. To replace the rebellious Pekah, the Assyrian Empire put King Hosea on the throne in Israel. Although he was initially a puppet king, Hosea soon revolted against Assyria and appealed to Egypt for protection. King Hosea's action prompted another attack by Assyria in 722 BCE. 
the Assyrians decimated Israel and took Hosea prisoner. Assyria needed little reason to attack Israel, and they were eager to incorporate its strategic location into their empire. As per their policy, Assyria killed or dispersed the Israelite captives throughout their empire, an event that was predicted by the prophets. Judah had their own relationship with the Assyrian Empire that put them on a trajectory slightly different from their sister kingdom, Israel. During the reign of King Tiglath-Pileser III, Assyria's campaign of expansion incorporated Judah into the reign of vassal states in the region. At first, King Ahaz of Judah aligned with Assyria, and he did not oppose Assyrian aggression or taxes, but obliged with their demands. It was during the reign of righteous King Hezekiah, however, that Judah rebelled against Assyria and refused to pay tribute to the new Assyrian king Sennacherib. Hezekiah was determined to reestablish Judah's independence and no longer be subjugates of a pagan empire. Sennacherib did not tolerate any challenge to his imperial authority. In retaliation, the Assyrian army wiped out 46 Judean towns, including the important fortress town of Lachish, and marched all the way to the gates of Jerusalem. Hezekiah prayed to God, putting all his trust in Jerusalem's only real defender. A mysterious angel of the Lord passed through the Assyrian encampments, decimating the imperial troops and forcing them to give up their siege. In Sennacherib's records of the siege, he boasted about locking Hezekiah up like a bird in a cage. But he never claimed that he captured Jerusalem, an important omission. The decline of the Assyrian Empire began in the late 7th century BCE although it had periods of strength and resurgence before its ultimate fall in 612 BCE. Scholars debate the cause of the decline, but internal and external threats intensified in the empire's last decades. The leadership of the empire weakened with succession battles breaking out in the Assyrian royal family. The lack of central authority led to a loss of control over the empire's vast and diverse territory. Constant warfare and expansion exhausted their resources and spread out the army. The Assyrian army also paid the price for its long history of abuse and mistreatment of its conquered peoples. As soon as the subjects of the empire sensed weakness in the capital, they revolted. The Babylonians and Medes formed an alliance to launch an assault against Nineveh. In 612 BCE, their combined forces captured Nineveh, Nineveh's fall created a domino effect that ended the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire was a big topic for the biblical prophets. While Assyria was the region's dominant empire, prophets in Israel and Judah multiplied. Isaiah, Hosea, Amos, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, and Zephaniah all overlapped Assyria's dominant years. The Bible had a complicated relationship with the enemy empire. The Bible acknowledged Assyria as God's agent or tool of punishment against the kingdom of Israel. However, God also held them responsible for what they did to Israel and turned his ultimate wrath on Assyria to vindicate them. Many of the writing prophets delivered their oracles to Israel before the Assyrian onslaught. They encouraged Israel to repent and cancel God's judgment against them. The earliest prophets, Hosea and Amos, warned Israel of the pending consequence of their idolatrous and unethical ways. The prophet Hosea blamed Israel for her own downfall. Because you have trusted in your chariots and the multitude of your warriors, therefore the tumult of war shall rise against your people. Because Israel looked to her own military might, her kings and foreign coalitions, she overlooked the one source of help available, Yahweh. 
In the 8th century BCE, Isaiah and Micah also sounded the alarm for the kingdom of Israel to repent or God would allow Assyria to overrun the kingdom. Paradoxically, divine judgment is a two-sided coin. Knowing Assyria would decimate Israel, God also used the prophets to announce an oracle against Assyria. God held Assyria responsible for its greed, violence, and pride. The prophet Isaiah accused Assyria of assuming its power was limitless, but God would humble them and teach them divine power. The biblical prophet Nahum vividly described the chaos of the attack on Nineveh, making sure that the historical record showed that God's hand was in Assyria's judgment. Only Jonah preached repentance to the hated Assyrians, and it was reluctantly. That's a wrap on the Assyrian Empire. Thank you for listening, and please continue to participate in this mini-course on Peoples of the Bible. Next week, we are learning about the Babylonians, the Bible's other frequently mentioned empire. For the show transcript, go to our blog or sign up for our emails at jerusalemconnection.us. And one last thing for my Christian listeners— please reach out right now to your Israeli and Jewish friends. If you are in the States, reach out to your local synagogue, find out if the Jewish friends at your kids' schools are all right, or hang out on WhatsApp or Messenger with your Israeli friends. They are not okay, and they desperately want to know who their friends are in this world right now. To my Jewish friends, Am Israel Chai. Send me a message, I'll respond. Bible Fiber is available on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. 